She's a professional aromatherapist, and he is an international wellness advocate for the largest essential oil company in the world. But their love for essential oils has brought them together. Welcome to Fellowship in Essential Oils, where Elizabeth Ashley and Adam Barillet discuss essential oils and their gifts for the body, heart, head and spirit. Hello and welcome to our next episode of Fellowship in Essential Oils. This week, we're diving into a much-loved oil. We're exploring cloves, Liz. We are. So I have a question for you that I didn't ask before. Clove bud or clove leaf? Are we going to get into both? To be honest with you, I have no experience with clove leaf whatsoever. So I'd be on the fly and totally intuitive with that one. But clove bud, I have definitely worked with that one. So I think that tends to be the one of the two that is, is more readily available. Would I be right in saying that? Absolutely right. Uh, but what's interesting is they they are really quite similar in um, chemistry. This year, almost identical in chemistry, and I've never seen that before, but they smell completely different. Mm. So um, normally we would say like clove leaf is gentler because it hasn't got such high amounts of eugenol, so it's better on the skin. But actually, the ones I've been working have got higher eugenol than the clove bud this year. So I don't know what happened to the chemistry this year. But uh, yes, very interesting. So although they are incredibly similar in properties, they smell completely different. I guess, you know, with, with Mother Earth being in, you know, confused every year and we see the animals getting confused, it's no wonder that maybe the plants get confused as well. That's right. Now, I was thinking when we were talk when we were kind of preparing for this uh, session, and obviously, you know, we're talking about clove bud. To the best of my knowledge, this is the only essential oil that comes from a flower bud rather than the fully flourished flower. Would yeah, I be I right in saying that, that? that? Well, I don't know, but I thought the same thing. Because, in fact, I looked it up and I was like, oh, wait, what? It's the bud of the flower. I was sort of like... It can't be any more clear in the name list, but it doesn't, it's, they're hard, oh, they're really hard when you use them for cooking and stuff. Yeah. I think of another one that does it. No. So it is a, a very, it's a distinct aroma. It's obviously used in cooking a lot. And I think when it comes to its essential oil uses, it kind of has its its specialties, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where do you, where do you reach for clove bud? So I think most people have been taught by the grandmother that you use it for toothache. Yeah. Um, so, but actually, these days we're starting to understand more about why it's so good for toothache. So I'll circle back to that. Um, but this high level of eugenol is really important for like an antimicrobial, um, also for uh, painkilling, antifungal, antiviral, virucidal really important molecule mm. so it, it's obviously really good for you know toothaches and people use it for that oral health kind of thing would you use it for other parts of the body yeah i use it for everything okay. i really 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 like clove bud um and so i actually like to think about it moving away from the physical properties that were just listed I like to think about it from the ayurvedic point of view uh, because I think it really gives an insight into the kind of things that you can use it for. So it's tonic to vata and it's tonic to kapha. 
So those who don't know that Ayurveda has three main doshas, Vata, Vita, Kapha. And Vata is uh, things that tend to be cold and dry and flaky, um, um, sort of, well, it's ruled by air. And so that kind of a bit airy-fairy brain, forgetting things, chattering, not applying yourself. So people have like a, a predominantly Vata constitution, but also Vata can go out of kilter. So people who are um, predominantly Vata tend to, to look like marathon runners or ballerinas. You know, they're thin, they're lithe, they're slim. They don't eat very much because they haven't got much of an appetite. And often they'll be too busy to actually remember to eat. Um, they've got um, very small hips, very small shoulders. The other side of the coin the absolute opposite end, even though there's like three, so how can it be, it's a triangle really, but the opposite are the, the Kaffir people that are really thick set, mm. big boned people. Um, whereas Vata's like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Vata people are like, I'm coming, I'm very slow, very sploddy, but actually I'm going to be, they've got so much stamina people we've got with uh, Kaffir dosha you know they work and they work and they work if you've got somebody who's got who's cappadocia working for you lucky person you know um so when like cappadocia goes out of kilter things become cold so bad circulation they become brittle so you have like brittle nails flaky skin brittle bones um and as I say, like airy-fairy thoughts, can't concentrate, that kind of thing, uh, and appetite goes. Um, clove is really good for warming that constitution. And so as it warms it, it brings it back into to line. So it's really good for sort of nourishing that skin, warming those joints. If somebody's got like rheumatism and arthritis and the, the cold gets in them, then fantastic for that. Cappadocia, if that goes out of um, kilter, it's, well, it's the the energy is wood and earth. So, uh, sorry, sorry, water and earth. So what you get is muddy, muddiness. So thick and heavy. So like Qatar, sticky things. Qatar, phlegm, um, sluggish circulation constipation everything grinding to a halt whereas cloves able to thin things so this is actually one of the important um contraindications of working with clove that it will thin the blood but it will um, and so if you've got if you're on blood thinning medications or if you are um somebody who has a platelet clotting disorder or actually, if you're going to have sur you've got a surgery planned in the next two days, then you should not use clove, which seems like an extreme thing. But bear in mind that that also applies to tooth. If you're going to have a tooth extraction. We don't mm. want to have lots and lots of blood flow and, you know, it not cutting because you, you want it to, to heal up. So if you know that you're going to have your tooth out, stop using your clove a couple of days before. So this kind of energetic shift where things warm, things become more nourished, as if you had a, like a hearty stew, if you like, you know, good good hearty soup for somebody it has that energy for somebody who has vata dosha. But if somebody has a really thick set uh, constitution, kapha dosha, 
then it it thins it out. Um, and for me, that's really important because I have I suffer I am a thrombophiliac, so my blood th clots a lot. It's ended up um, I've had blood clots in my lungs and stuff like that. So you can actually I can tell when something's wrong now because the circulation feels odd. But so I use clove an awful lot for that kind of thing. But as I say, you know, if somebody's got a cough or a cold or anything like that, then I used I, I like to use the clove, lever, leverage the actions of the eugenol to really get get to any kind of viruses or bacteria. And it is interesting because it's definitely an aroma and something a spice would use in the winter months and it's very Christmassy type of thing. So yep. the fact that it actually gets, you know, that would be times when we would have more circulation issues and more stiffness in the joint because of the cold weather. And it's, again, it's amazing how Mother Nature kind of has these things that we already naturally connect to to the, the winter. So it would be ideal for all that, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely right. And And... Yes, there's that energetic match, but you can actually pinpoint why it is. So we talk about the antimicrobial nature of eugenol. So fantastic for so many different um, uh, bacteria and, and viruses and really well researched now because um, it's so effective for things like really horrible stuff like um, Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which is... Um, it's a hospital disease and it, and it like the bacteria lodges on catheters and stuff like that. So these mm. are the kind of diseases that, that spread through the hospital and they are antibiotic resistant, but they are not eugenol resistant. So loads of different research into that. Things like um, Klebsiella um, pneumonia, which again, pneumonia, um, but also um, covid um, well, re well, researching that, which I'll come back to in a minute. Um, even HIV in a in a in a, a test tube seems to be able to stop the 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 cells spreading because it affects the actual genetics of the bacteria. Um, so COVID is a is an interesting one. So we should say SARS two a COV or whatever whatever the combination is. So we, I don't know about you in Australia, but when we were watching it on the news and it was spreading through the world, there was like a logo of the actual horrible germ with all its spiky bits sticking out. And actually those spiky bits are what uh, eugenol actually acts upon. So there's a protein that the, um, I'm going to say COVID, even, even though it's that SARS-2, whatever, COVID uses that protein to actually hook onto to get into the cell and then to spread through the body. But eugenol actually um, stops the protein from spiking. And so without that, it can't kind of hook on. Mm, so, got you. So we, what's interesting is we will often talk about how things are antiviral, which means that they can't spread through the system. Um, and that is true with eugenol, but it's also virucidal. So if you can wipe down your surfaces and stuff like that, you know, think of all those horrible things that I've just talked about and kill all of those out in a Petri dish. So we still don't know for sure if it will do it in the body. But remembering that um, traditional medicine has always used it for this kind of stuff. And we know that it works. We just haven't got the piece of paper yet that says this is how it does. Um, but when we were talking about this, 
winter um, and, and the cold thing, there's two ways that eugenol also works upon pain, um, and specifically your neuropathic pain. And one of those is through the heat receptors in the body. Um, so it uses TRPV1, which I won't get all technical about, but basically if you ate a chili and you know how like you suddenly go, you go, oh, you go really hot and you start sweating and the, the heat comes right through the body. That's exactly the same one that, that, um, that clove uses. So this is why we have this, this heating mechanism. And it also uses the COX-2, um, pathway which again without being too technical is what aspirin uses it's a, it's an NSAID um so if you if you used an aspirin it would use the same pathway that that eugenol does so really good for like neuropathic pain as well as um aches and pains and that kind of thing so would you even possibly use um clove for headaches yep yeah, and how would you use it in that case just topically temples. on the area yeah, yeah the temples. temples is yeah. good yeah but remember the danger of, of those kinds of prescriptions is you'll go, oh, it's good for a headache. But if you are already, like for me, if I've got a migraine, I'm already bloody hot. You know, mm. I'm just like, do you know what I mean? So I certainly wouldn't want to use it. Then you kind of, much as I hate peppermint, peppermint cools. So yeah. you're kind of looking at the whole energetic rather than that one prescription. Yeah, got you. Now, one of the things that I hear a lot about, and I was keen to talk to you about this, is you always hear that clove essential oil is really high on the ORAC scale of being very high as an antioxidant. Are you familiar with that at all? Um, so it is. It does have eugenol has really strong anti antioxidant um, properties, and I would say. To me, I would say that probably the spice itself is a better way to go in using it as Could an you. antioxidant than, than using it as the essential oil. But I, I couldn't say that for sure. But it's yep. such a, a good, such a good spice to have in your food. You know what I mean? It's a mm. really good, a good thing to use. I think. Um, but yeah, I would, I would think it probably uh, that is probably true. Yeah. Yeah, just bring it in with the cuisine and that type of thing. And I know the other thing that it became very, very popular in Australia in the last uh, 12 months, we've had massive issues with large amounts of rainfall in you know a very short amount of time um, and mould um, yeah. has been um, there. And um, we had clove just flying off the shelves because, and, and we were out of stock for a while. We couldn't keep up because everyone was using that for mould. Yeah, well, antifungal. And uh, I mean, I w if it were to come to a, a race to the finish line, I would choose cinnamon over clove. But the two of them mm -hmm. together, very good. Um, and not just that kind of fung uh, fungal, but um, so like aspergillus fungal on the walls, black mold, that sort of stuff. But then we're talking about like toenail fungus, um, athlete's foot um what's the other one i'm trying to say malassezia you know when you get the fungus on the on the scalp um as well mm. those um oh i want to say molluscum i don't know if i've said that right but that's kind of like a almost like um it comes like a, a like a psoriasis kind of scale and that's that's a fungal infection as well all of those things really would be things that i would you would try clove on first yeah yeah. So it is really a powerhouse when things are not, you know, when the, something is attacking the body, it's really that um, 
it really fires up the defenders, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And I mean, like, oh, what's interesting actually? So I'll show you, show you this. So you see how dark it is on there. Yes. Clove leaf is is clear. So that so that's interesting that they're different as well. But when you smell it, you can feel the protection coming around you. It's like somebody's bringing a, a blanket around you, and the walls coming in. It's really on every level boosts natural defences. Yeah, and I guess that can kind of carry us into the discussion on its energetics as well. You know, when we um, in our book Gifts of Essential Oils, we you know lots of authors will sometimes say, "Oh, it's the oil of or." the oil of this and the oil of love or whatever, we've kind of reshaped that to say my gift to you is, and for us, the gift from clove to the world or clove bud is my gift to you is boundaries. And I find this the best oil for helping us to really um, establish those strong energetic boundaries in our lives. Um, I think it's, there's so many of us that will kind of allow other people to get away with things or we feel we, we're not sure whether we should say no or can say no. And I find this is a real powerhouse for giving you that strength and that might and really powerful in that way. I think, I think that's astute. Um, so one of the things I've noticed a lot of times when somebody's got like toothache, it can come from having clenched your teeth and or mm. ground your teeth when you were asleep. And I always, my favourite thing I think about this job is when you, you have like a, a set of words where somebody tells you what's wrong with them and like this idea of you're really getting on my nerves no and we've talked about how it's how it's good for the uh, for the nerves and like oh, i'm having to really grip my teeth around them really getting on my nerves now and the nerve pain going through the body and the nerve pain in the jaw so that idea of somebody really starting to hack you off is really good for clove but um it's not an like I'm sure that you've gathered now, my usual medicine is to put it in the bath. I, w I wouldn't put it in the bath. It's too strong. So yeah. I would be doing this. Simple as. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure some of our audience that's listening and, and watching this would kind of, you know, maybe work in the spiritual realms. Um, one, one I know, um, you know, a lot of people that work in crystal shops, and that's been one of my jobs in the past, working in a new age spirituality shop. And I had to explain to my partner at the time, was working um as a manager in a uh, kitchen where like you know where you go and buy fry pans you know you answer questions each day on um you know what what fry pan is best for making an omelet i have to answer questions like what crystal should i buy because i've just found out that my partner's cheating on me and we're dealing with that high emotionality and often we found um wearing something like a lava necklace or anything like felt or something where you could put clove and other protective oils that was really good at helping you to kind of have that boundary of going that's your stuff and that's my stuff so for people that are in that situation for healers for empaths i think it's a really good one for helping to really draw that line and i find that in my personification of clove it's got a bit of a it's a bit cold in it not in that um it, it's stern, I think, would be a part of its energy. It seems to be very like this is this this isn't allowed. It it wouldn't kind of negotiate. Yes, in the hive, I would say right. I'd say this this was the guard bees. You know. Yeah. You, yeah. You, 
you're not invited in here. And and I think that you're right in those kind of situations when, in fact, we talked about this quite a lot on the masterclass, didn't we, about how to actually create that boundary around you and protect your aura. But as you say, in in a situation where um, somebody, like a new age shop, you tend to also, people don't just come in to buy a pan, they come in to to take your energy, (laughs) you know? It's yep. all about energy exchange and they're coming in to feel better. And if you're not careful, you're the donor. So, yeah, mm. I think that's an, an excellent tip. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also really good for just people who, who in general find that they, you know, they're like, right, I'm going to tell tell that person no, they can't borrow any more money off them. And then, you know, if the friend comes and goes, please, just one last one. I'm like, oh, okay. It was a, you know, they're always making excuses for other people and, and not defending our, themselves. Uh, I think it's a really nice one for helping you stand back in your power and look after yourself first and, and have that real clarity. And it kind of ties back in with, you know, clove is native to the Philippines and there they actually call it the flower of the gods. And I found that really interesting. I'm like, okay, so it has this kind of very boundary. You know, it, it's killing off all these viruses and funguses that we're talking about. It's, um, you know, it's high in that antioxidant, so it kills off um, the free radicals and oxidation in the body. It's getting rid of everything that doesn't serve us. What's that got to do with the flower of the gods? But if we want to, and remember, this is a flower bud, so it's not a fully blossom flower. So if we want to blossom in our spiritual potential, we must have those boundaries. How many of us have had an intention in our lives where we're like, I want to write a book or I want to, um, you know, I want to achieve this. But then we get, oh, but I've got to help my mother. Oh, but the kids, oh, but my, oh, you know, and that type of thing. And I think this is a great one for just kind of going, no, I'm here to do something and I'm sorry, but I'm going to focus on that. So how do we blossom and be like the gods or fulfill our heavenly purpose clove says you get really stern anything that doesn't serve you kick it to the curb you're here for a mission and i re- i feel like myself always getting stern or almost aggressive from that you know that energy of clove like no this is a non-negotiable i think it's very nice when i blend clove i would put it with something like cinnamon or even some of the citrus like orange or something to bring a bit more warmth to instead of just going no to go no, sorry, I can't, would be the other oils. would co- Like cinnamon would be very nice if we're putting a bit of warmth in it. I find clover is very, for me, no. Well, and, no. I think I think you're right. And actually, actually, really, that's really similar to the medicine I say of um, black pepper. You know, this is about me. This is my path. But mm. black pepper is more about the guilt. I feel really bad about doing this. And I think you're absolutely mm. uh, absolutely right. But this stern, this hardness, if you've ever tried to make a pomander at Christmas and you've tried to push the, the cloves into the uh, into the um, orange, they are spiky, they are hard, and they are, they've got, you know, no, all about resistance. So I think you're absolutely right about this hardness about it. Um, mm. I also think that there is although you don't really see it written in textbooks, I do think there's an aphrodisiac component to it because it has this warming and spiciness to it, you know. Um, so perhaps if you don't, not necessarily in the properties, but in the scent, it's absolutely beautiful, blended with things like jasmine or cinnamon that for, for that, like, ooh, kind of 
earnestness about it. It's it's really quite sexy if you blend it correctly. And historically, it has been used to attract things such as abundance, love, friendship, um, pro- you know, all those kind of good things as well. So I guess there has to be, I guess sometimes I'm always reminded of, of the mother who finally gives us, a, who says no to the family and goes out and does something for herself for one night. Do you know what I mean? And she's like, now I'm living a life because I said no. When we say no, w- when we cut things out of our lives that are draining our lives, it creates a void for us to actually fill it with good things. And a lot of the time we want, you know, want all these good things in our life, but we've got nowhere to fit them in. We've got no time to do them. And I think Clove, yeah, when you get when you get really strong on the boundaries of what you will won't allow into your life, you can also get really strong on what you will allow into your life. So it kind of has that dualistic nature of out with no and in with the yeses. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When, when it comes to chakras, where would you place Clove? Uh, root and sacral. Yep, I would too. In, in, in the base chakra, for sure. In that, just that sternness and that uncertainty would be another word I'd put with it as well. Yeah, astrologically, Mars. Mm-hmm. For what reason? I'm going to disagree with you on that one, but I'll let you. Because, you because it's aggressive. Because it yeah. because it's aggressive. Because it's very much about defensive. Because it's about taking people on. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so and and also, Mars rules the blood circulation, um, mm. and the way that like you would use it for like varicose veins or for Raynaud's disease or that warming of the circulation, that warmth is Mars, I think. Yeah, see, so, yeah, I tend to put it more with Saturn and that Capricorn energy of that of that dis- Again, I'm going going with my discipline and that real. You know, a lot of people associate Saturn with limitation. I, I like to look at it, it's it's limiting or focusing or devotion um, from that more positive slant of what Saturn can bring us because when we are uh, when we do limit ourselves, then we can actually focus on something that's important to us. So I find Clove works really well with that and that's in, in the Capricorn realm of career and legacy and what we're here to do, helping us to focus on that. It can be really powerful using that kind of element. I absolutely can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. So tell me a little bit more. Like I must admit, clove leaf. I'm I'm aware. It's, I, I'm trying to think if ever in my life I've even smelt clove leaf. I don't think I have. Um, it smells like a forest. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so if you were like really, and I say this year because I, I've never seen anything like it this year. The clove leaf has a higher eugenol than the clove bud. Normally, you'd be looking around about 75% in clove clove bud, maybe 55, 60, but several samples I've worked with, GCMS has come back 80%, so so Mm. higher. So I really don't understand how this smells so different because really what you've got is um, eugenol, a bit of beta-pinene, and uh, a bit of alpha uh, um, alpha humulene and beta caryophyllene. They're not complicated at all. Um, mm. And almost identical, and yet they've got this lovely warm spiciness, almost rosy fragrance with with um, clove bud. But it, it, smells, uh, it smells like you've walked through a, like a, a, a hot day where it's rained in the forest, the, the clove leaf. Yeah, so, so like if you're blending... You would blend them completely differently because that's, mm. that's like, like into a forest blend 
whereas something like clove is beautiful with palmarosa. But if you put if you put um, the clove leaf with palmarosa, it's absolutely disgusting. You, yeah, really have to, yeah, really have to like follow the follow the nose of what, what it smells like. So someone's sitting at home and they've got clove bud and clove leaf essential oil. I think we've given them a few ideas on how they might work with their clove bud. When would you look past clove bud and reach for your clove or uh, leaf instead? So historically, I just said it's gentler on the skin. But like I said, this year, I don't, I don't really think year. that it is. But, um, and so really, you know, what are the other oils that you're using with it? You know, if you if you were to do something like a tea tree eucalyptus blend, then clove leaf smells amazing. Mm. Um, but if you're looking at like uh, leveraging um, myrrh and cinnamon, it goes that way, doesn't it? That's clove bud, and and that's yep. aromatherapy, isn't it? Really, just following the fragrance. What what does it want to speak to? Mm. Yeah, it's a you know I think clove is one of those oils that it's probably never going to be the celebrity or a faint, you know one that comes to mind when people are like list ten essential oils that you use in aromatherapy, but it definitely has a it's very potent and it's probably something that we should all have in our collection and and think about just bringing in occasionally just to help support our I, immunity. I do think it is a star. I do think it is, and actually, so that's something that we should perhaps say we didn't really touch on that. So. The, the Latin name is an unpronounceable, in my opinion, Syzygium aromaticum or whatever. But a syzygy is a lining up of three planets like an eclipse. Mm. And so that has a whole new dimension of, oh, there's a reason to use it. If something goes, you know, like in grief, something's been eclipsed out your life, that, that's exactly what it talks about. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. I, I never thought of that. Awesome. Well, of course, we're going to go a little bit deeper. And of course, people probably have, you know, we've talked about some really interesting kind of unique things. We've talked about COVID, we've talked about mold, um, and I'm sure people have questions for that. And the great thing about that is we have our masterclasses that we do at the end of each month. Our next one is we're squeezing a little bit over into the 5th of October um, and the links are below with the discount code. So you want to get in there. Um, and even if you can't make it live, um, a lot of people are still buying their tickets and loving watching the masterclass afterwards. Um, and of course, everyone, whether you attend live or don't, you actually get lifetime access to that. So once we've talked about Clove for a good another juicy half hour, um, then you'll have that forever. Plus, we went into some really interesting stuff in our last masterclass last week. Say, didn't we? I think it's shaping up to be quite the place to be. It was a real yeah. cool gang that we were hanging out with this week, I think. It, it, the cool kids were definitely there. And, yeah. and Liz and I obviously prepare what we what we think we'll talk about in case we've got radio silence. And I think we had 45 minutes, actually, of really great questions. And we went off on lots of different aromatherapy tangents. And people just, that's what they wanted to know about. And that's what we're here to be of service, not just to kind of, you know, here we get to talk what we want to talk about because no one's interrupting us. But there... We encourage people to interrupt us all the time and take us off down. I think I learned a lot ways. from other people as well. That's what I enjoy about them. You know, other people's like viewpoints on it is fascinating. Exactly. Yeah, we're two people that have experienced essential oils, but when you put a whole group together, we've got a whole different, um, you know, collection from people all around the world. Mm -hmm. So make sure you jump in and get your masterclass ticket straight away. You don't want to miss that. And next episode, we're going to dive into another oil that's. 
it's kind of stern, but in a different way. We're going to look at lemongrass next, Liz. Yes. <laughs> so you threw me then because I thought we were going to do jasmine next, and I was thinking jasmine's not stern. <laughs> no, we, I think I jasmine's think a week after that. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting conversation. I don't think lemongrass is stern. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll see how we come out. We'll go next week. So make sure you don't miss that episode. So we're lemongrass, and then we've got then we'll go softer with Jasmine. And Jasmine's definitely far from um, far from stern. And yeah. I've got a great love for Jasmine. So I, yes, um, I'm going to throw chakras all out the window next week with lemongrass as well. I won't say anything more about that until next week. <laughs> I've got some interesting opinions on lemongrass and chakras, but oh. we'll dive into that. Anything else that we need to shamelessly promote before we let the world loose to go and explore their clothes? Only to remind people to book their place on my book launch parties. They are getting busy. And uh, so remembering that there is one in the morning for all the guys in Australia, one in the afternoon, and hopefully people in America will find their way onto one of them and come and have some fun. Yes. And we will see you next week when we dive into lemongrass. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and take care of Mother Earth. Bye. Bye-bye.